Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. everybody were you harmonizing are you only talking when i was 
Okay, Melissa, this is, we so can't fucking do this because we are recording virtually and this is already what happens naturally. So you're fucking my brain up. And I just told you my Adderall has not kicked in. So you're about to make me short circuit. Did I take advantage of the situation? Yes. Do I regret it? No. Of course not. Welcome back to But Am I Wrong? And yes, you heard it. We are recording virtually. Not that we owe you an explanation, but if you notice anything a little bit different, vocally um not the beginning part because that was intentional on, on melissa's part but if it's an unintentional sort of lag i think i don't think we're lagging at all today no though. we're not lagging we're not knock lagging. on wood we're good that's why i could match you exactly but recording virtually because la's weather it sounds ironic as i say this not that you all can see because if you're watching on patreon you just see our faces the sky is bright blue, clear, it's gorgeous. so bright outside. It's like, what I'm saying, like, oh, LA, what, there's a, like a, it's been a shit show. It sounds like I'm lying. We're not. This is the only fucking day in the last, like, over, I mean, I think in total, over the week, we almost had, like, almost 10 inches in rain. Yeah, like, but it's gonna, at 6 p.m., it's gonna start raining again, so. Yeah, so we have had, well, I thankfully, again, knock on wood have been dealing with, uh, not dealing with the power outages, but Melissa has. And so it's easier to kind of like pick up and do these things if her power went out when we're doing them virtually. Because once the sun goes down, your girl cannot be driving a car. And that's even a little bit earlier when it's raining. Because if you have astigmatism and you see those little halos... You know what happens when the road is wet and it's mm-hmm. raining. And then you have zero depth perception with the headlights. And you're like, I feel like a, like a child who's like stolen their parents' car and is driving. And it's like, I shouldn't be allowed to drive. Yeah. So that is why we're recording virtually. So for all y'all wondering what this show is, But Am I Wrong is a podcast where two people who have never been wrong come together to solve life's problems. Where we ask, but am I wrong? But are you wrong? But are they wrong? And then we come <laughs> together for a solution. That felt like you were doing ADR and you're like, give, give me some options. <laughs> <laughs> and then the best part of the show that Megan likes to say is the best part of the show is that y'all all get to vote. So then Megan makes these cool graphics and they go up on like, Friday or like Saturday or like Sunday or maybe Monday, depending on if Melissa remembers to send the thing. And then um, y'all get to vote. And if you want to listen to like what the results are, tune in tomorrow. Well, actually tune in next Friday because that's when they'll be on a little show we like to call Fisting Friday. Great great intro melissa Thank it's absolutely you. fantastic you didn't fall asleep did you i kept you on your little tiny tiny toes don't talk about my <laughs> massive fucking <laughs> finger feet like that <laughs> my my extended goddamn long the dexterous fucking noodle toes like that you've got the little vienna sausages i do Quite tasty. Mm. Men love fat toes. Stop. Well, stop. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> doubting it. 
but I just right now I don't need to picture someone sucking on your toes. Why not? Um, because I don't want to. <laughs> no is a full sentence. <laughs> you didn't say no as any part of that statement. Okay, no. Can I just say <laughs> my makeup looks so good today? Well, it's blurry on my end, so no clue. Well, you should know that it looks really it looks really good. If you want to see how cute I look, you should go check out the video on Patreon. You can see our facial expressions, how we react to things. We do pull a lot of great faces. Oh my god, Melissa, put your t- put your tits back in your top. Oh, my, the whole coochie? Wow, I can't you're so flexible. <laughs> wow, everyone, you're going to want to see what just happened. Lissa, that's what they call me. For someone who hates icebreakers, you're really starting off. I only like things that I can control. And with icebreakers, you can't really control it. It's up to the person that starts it. Oh, wow. Did you really just unpack the reason why I also hate icebreakers? I thought you already knew that. Okay. So my hot take is that jobs should have maintenance slash admin days. And I want to give a first a, a, a fatty disclaimer that I am not pro-capitalism, pro-hustle work culture at all. And this is my realistic attempt of making the system work better. And I should also state that I have not worked a normal job. Some might say ever. So naturally, I'm speaking on something I probably shouldn't. But I have been in a relationship with someone who has a quote-unquote normal job for years and years and years. Almost all of my other friends have very normal jobs. I don't. No, you don't count because you aren't one of my friends who has a normal, normal job. And while I am 100% for like a four-day work week, just without any rhyme or reason, without any justification... Dare I say, I think what could be our stepping stone to that is admin and maintenance days. Because here's the thing. You what end you your, by that. So I'm going to I'm going to get into it. Okay. So you end your workday. Like maintenance for your face. <laughs> your face? Face maintenance? Yeah, like you, your you Botox, like Jackie Ina maintenance? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like, Do yeah. you see she's a skincare team and John Legend? <laughs> Bitch, when I tell you I saved it to my watch later, so goddamn fucking fast. I was like, I hovered over it on YouTube and I went, Jackie Ina, is this man in the same room with you? Jackie Ina, are you? And there's no video chatting. It's not that she tried his skincare line. No, no, they're in bathrobes, hair pulled back, except he's kind of bald. In the same room, skincare routine and together. He's not bald. He just has a hairline that starts back further. No, but I'm saying he doesn't need the headband. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited I've to watch it. I've never been so tickled in I the know. last five days. I have not. I'm thank you for that giggle and excitement that I will I endure later. Wait. So let's paint the. I was gonna say let's paint the picture of a workday, and everyone's like, "Bitch, we know what a fucking workday is." But so you end your workday Friday. Most people have a commute. Regardless if that's like five minutes in your car, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. But, you know, you have to tie up loose ends before the weekend. And unfortunately, a lot of people end up 
working a little bit later on like a Friday versus going home earlier because you're trying to get ahead of things. And so Friday night, that's not really a weekend. Like you had a full ass fucking work day. You woke up early. You probably did more shit because you had to catch up and make sure that you were ready for your job to be start back again on Monday. So Friday, a fucking wash. Like you come home and you fall asleep. You're tired. And if you're not, you power through and then you're fucking exhausted on Saturday. So then you've got Saturday. You have spent your whole fucking work week. Bullshit, whatever. Even if you like your coworkers, you now need social friend time. You want to hang out with your friends. You want to go see something. You want to go do something like that'll be great. Amazing fun. But one day of that, one day of that, we haven't even had a relaxing day. We haven't even had anything else. Then we get to Sunday and it's like, oh, waking up. Sunday scaries. Tomorrow I have to be back at work. So it's like, okay. So with that looming over your head, relax, but also go grocery shopping and also prep everything you're going to eat and also make sure your like work stuff is all like laid out and ready to go. And also do you have any household projects you need to do? And also clean your apartment and also blah, 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 all of these things stacked on top of each other. And most of those things at a certain point at a certain age or wherever you live, you get to the point where you're like, okay, I can't do that in one day. I have to do it in two days. That's going to be my Saturday and my Sunday. And then when am I supposed to have a social time and hang out with my friends? And then we start over and do it all over again. It's not sustainable to, I mean, I don't want to say it's sustainable because it's what we're currently doing. But in terms of like burnout, people are working more hours than they have before. People are working overtime constantly without even getting paid for it. Just doing all of this fucking shit that it's you're constantly constantly playing catch up on your own life. And so there's no way for you to even you can be succeeding, but there's no way to feel like you're succeeding because you're behind on relatively almost every aspect. You're behind on your social life. You're behind on tasks you need to do your house. You can't even up do additional things that you want to do because you have to just bare minimum keep up and have the upkeep of the home or an apartment or a bedroom, even if you just rent a room in a house. And then you go back to work and you are an absolute, like you're, you're stuck to your desk, you're stuck to whatever you're doing. And then even once you get home, you can't start the home projects. You can't do that kind of relaxing because you can't actually unplug until the work week is done. So Just how we have sick days, vacation days, which needs to be more and unlimited and constant. I think there needs to be added admin and maintenance days and like a minimum requirement that you have to take at least two a month to create your own three-day weekends. And if you don't want to take it, like then you can stack them up and then you've got an entire summer where you're only working a four-day week. and. You don't have to report them to your boss. Don't have to tell them like, oh, I was catching up on this, this, and this. But like, even like Mots will like schedule dentist appointments on his lunch break. And I'm like, that's not even fun for you. Or I have other friends who work like corporate jobs and they will ask to have like a work from home day on a Monday so they can go to a doctor's appointment. And I'm like, the idea that like everything comes after work and then employers expect your employees to be 
refreshed over a weekend and ready to keep working. Like more people are burning out than ever. And while I personally am a firm believer in the four day work week and the, I mean, I'm also into everybody just gets paid for existing. And, you know, we just, you, you don't have to constantly give your life to capitalism to live. This to me, if anybody has an abil- ability to implement this, I think it would be great because I also think that naming things for what their use is for is a lot more helpful because psychologically, and this can, this is a full blown, like just in my mind, there was something really negative about sick days and absences when you were a kid. So for me, like I almost couldn't graduate middle school and high school, (laughs) but it was definitely high school because I had so many like sick days and it would be like a star of achievements. Like, oh yeah, no, I've never been sick. Like Mm -hmm. I've never had any absences. And then you have all these adults, like Mats has never taken a sick day at his job. Like he just hasn't. And that is, we then start to equate, oh, you haven't taken a, a sick day because, and that's gold star, like great job. And I think if we created a category of like, oh, these are admin days, you have to take them and we want you to take them. And this is what you can do on those days. It's like, oh, okay, this isn't me like thinking that I'm better than everyone else in the third grade because I didn't take a sick day. So, yeah, I like this. I, I kind of do this already for myself. I have, I have my weeks, my weeks, even though I don't have like a typical nine to five job, my days are pretty much not pretty much. I schedule out my days a week in advance. And so I have some weeks that are heavier than other weeks. And on my lighter weeks, they're more so focused on writing. And then I take what you're calling a maintenance day in the middle of the week. So I'll either do it on a Wednesday or Thursday, depending on how my schedule stacks out. So I agree with you. And I also like for the people that work with, for me, they don't, they can work whenever they want. They just have to meet their deadline. So I don't even care. Like you can be out all day as long as you meet your deadline. Cool. Care less. Everybody works better like that. Like, and even if Mm -hmm. it's a matter of like, oh, you want people to come into an office, unless someone is like, I work better in an office environment, then you shouldn't be working in an office because that social aspect of it, there's only a certain kind of personality that, and a certain job requirements and like asks and what your deliverables are, where being in person, working with other people will produce your work at a more efficient and like better pace and like at at a higher quality but for most people other people just fucking slow you down yeah I mean I'd be at at some job before I was working for myself I did work in more like office types jobs and I remember one job like in my evaluation they were like you know you're you're like you're doing well like everything's going good but we just feel like we don't know you and I was like why if I'm doing my work that's what I'm here to get paid for. I'm not here to talk to y'all. Yeah, I just, there's nothing relaxing or like fun about grocery shopping, like meal planning, all of that when it's like part of the monotony and mundane and repetitive nature of just like, oh, my life, I'm on a giant fucking hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. I feel for people who live their lives solo. And so all of the maintenance, home and apartment things fall on one person. But I also really feel for couples and groups of people who live together where both of them or all of them have those kinds of jobs. Like 
I already feel like we're behind on so much shit, like trying to like upkeep things. And we're lucky enough that I work from home and he's the one who has to always remind me that like, just because I'm working from home doesn't mean that like, I'm should be like cleaning. He's like, that's not your Mm -hmm. job. Like the amount of hours I'm working at the office or the amount of hours, like I never expect to come home to have you treated this day like a home care maintenance day. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and if you did, I hope you filmed it for content. And I'm like, thank you. I will. And then that makes it work. (laughs) Yeah. That's my hot take. You're not wrong. Thanks. So I have a hot take. And this is for people that believe in God. Uh Uh-oh. I'm ready to be offended. (laughs) God is a cis man. I can't even gauge how hot of a take this is. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, no, no, no. Listen, listen. Okay. We had, you know, Ariana Grande had that song, God is a Woman. And cool. Some people like to say she instead of he. But I'm sorry. If God was a woman, he, she wouldn't have made periods as painful as they are. I understand why they're in place, but why? I hate periods. I hate how I feel. I felt like shit for the last week and my period didn't even start yet. I have a stuffy nose. I sneeze. What the fuck? Like, why Why is my PMS... So this is a hot take slash rant. Why is my PMS so weird? Why is everybody's PMS so different? Why is everybody's cycle so different? Why is everybody different post? Like, I hate PMS. <laughs> and... I will stand on this. Why do they have to be painful? Why do they have to make a mess? Why do they smell like copper? Why? (laughs) Why are there so many different fucking products? Regardless, I'm either going to stick something inside me to sop it up or hold it or just sit in it in a diaper, basically, and just be wet. Why are they sticky? Why do... People don't Everybody. talk about the sticky factor enough. Yes. Cleaning them Why? up is cleaning them up is so fucking hard because yes. that shit is like a nerd's rope. Like that mm-hmm. shit is fucking sticky. It's sticky. <laughs> Why is it that everyone that has a period? Why do we all have blood stains in our sheets and in our mattresses? That oh looks if like you a have a mattress scene. without a blood. I will. I'm on both sides. Like you flip your mattress and there is not yes. one blood stain on there. Like that's when I first started. Well, I wouldn't say like first started, but probably when I first gotten like my contamination issues that I have when my period, oh, you're trying I to date would them? get, uh, I would get dry L. And I don't know if y'all even remember dry L. I don't even know if dry L still exists. You get you could put like get your dry cleaning and it would be like this solution, which is basically like peroxide or whatever. But it would like or like a Tide pin, but it would like magically like erase stuff on like stains and stuff. And then you would put it in this bag and then with this little damp cloth that it came with and you'd like essentially then throw it in the dryer and then it like cleans up. But then I realized that that little cleaning stick works well on mattresses with blood. (laughs) Am I? And I would be sitting there getting it out. So when I was younger and I cared a little bit more about what other people may see than I would do it. But now I'm like, every everybody has seen this. 
And then I start thinking about how many hotel mattresses look like that. And so I will never lift a hotel mattress again because I did one time. Awful. Um, <laughs> I've definitely bled in a hotel mattress. So, yeah. Yeah. Who has it? Who has it? What else about periods? The bloating, the gas, the acne. The fruity farts. Not just fruity. Let's say you are like wearing a pad and then it, it gets a little juicy. Like the... <laughs> <laughs> bubbles creates a little juice in there and then it's, it's like a like a bubble like an actual little bubble no and then it, it creates a bloody it's like a queef yeah. that was not that yes. wasn't there naturally it goes oh we just right. took the air from this b- blood uh-huh. bubble put it back in your body and now queef it out have a yes. wet queef it out yes and you're like i hope this doesn't spill if you're wearing a pad it just kind of just like if you're lying down it just kind of just like rolls like a little tickle feels like a little tickle and not in the good way not in the way that i want a tear to roll down my thigh you know what i mean melissa i have a distinct memory first of all it's happened so many times i have a distinct memory where Mots and i were dating and i was like talking to him and he was like oh babe and i was like what there is blood running down i have a i have like a pad on i've got a tampon in like i'm i'm secure Mm-hmm. And there's just blood running down my leg. And we look and I have tracked it across the entire house. And he cleaned like the whole thing while I went to get in the shower to clean myself. But like all the time, right? constantly, mm-hmm. no, no, no. But here's what I will say as someone who knows absolutely nothing about, well, I don't know anything about much religions, but definitely not Christianity. That's the whole lore I'm learning every day. The lore. <laughs> so God is not a woman because of of, you know, of the creating periods. But then also, I got to say, the credit for whoever created birth control, but more specifically, whoever implemented and said, you can take your birth control constantly to stop getting your period. I, mm. that, mm. that's the one that I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. If you're going to give us this, that we have to deal with all the goddamn fucking time, Thank you, medical but then, teams. Don't, I mean, we've already talked about it before. Then I'm going to get started on how different birth controls affects everybody differently. And you got to try a whole bunch of them before you figure out what works for you. And even then, you the side effects can at some times not be great. Yeah, but because everyone's periods are so different too, and the um, desire to further any sort of research into things mm-hmm. that affect people with uteruses and people who menstruate, no real progress is being made with that. Yeah. And so, like, it's just yeah. bullshit. The fact that I couldn't breathe all week with allergies and my period and then having having a sore throat, me freaking out, like, did I get COVID? I took, like, five tests. There are all just lined up right here i was like we're getting marginally better at remembering that we have period (laughs) no but it was like my throat was like raw oh it was different than your normal it was different than normal the combo of my throat being raw having a low-grade fever not being able to breathe sneezing it was just all bad and like why couldn't why can't it just all be if we all have to go through it, why can't it just be blood coming out? And that's it with nothing else happening. But like the ovulation is happening. 
Why can't that just be it? No pain, no changing our body chemistry, no sweating. The oh, I didn't even talk about the sweating. I get so hot and sweaty. That's the one that really makes me think I'm sick. And, yeah, and it's a different kind of sweat too. Like it doesn't smell the same. It's just a different mm-hmm. kind of sweat. And it's not like it doesn't come from your head. It just comes from other body parts. And you're like, I guess I'm sweating here today. Yeah, my hands uh, get clammy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that's not a sweaty yeah. place for me. No. Like, why? Why can't we just bleed? Yeah. I mean, there's like whole people like who now do diets around different, you're like different phases in your cycle along with like exercising and mm-hmm. all of that shit. And I do think that there's so many things that if like modern medicine could have the funding for and to care about a little bit more we would prevent Mm -hmm. a lot of fucking faux wellness pseudoscience bullshit which happens a lot specifically for pms and like other things revolving and involving like periods and reproductive shit but like it's just fucked okay well you're not wrong as the number one period hater You're never going to be wrong about it. Now it's time for a break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about book of the month is that every aspect of book of the month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story 
It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back. We're back. And now we're going to get into our next segment, which is But Are You Wrong? Where you, listeners, send in submissions to our email address, buttamywrongpod at gmail.com. And you let us know the predicament, the situation happening in your life, the story where you ask us, are you the hero or are you the villain? And we tell you. We do require that you keep it under 300 words. Use pseudonyms, full I mean, I don't, okay, pseudonyms, but have them be fake names, not initials or numbers or anything like that. Let us know your ages and feel free to include your pronouns if you so wish. And we will tell you if you are wrong. You ready? I'm ready. Hi, Melissa and Megan. Me and my boyfriend, both 26, were out the other night and got to talking about the first girl he was in love with. This is literally like eight years ago and she helped him through a difficult time. So I'm really happy he had her. However, during the conversation, he randomly said, she took a really hot photo once that you need to recreate. She was wearing this type of shirt and then nothing else. We were drunk, so I kind of laughed and brushed it off. But after about an hour, I realized that it really did get to me. I just thought it was such a weird thing to say, especially using the word recreate, like her picture would be some kind of template. However, when I brought it up, he told me that it was eight years ago and that I can't be mad that he found her attractive. To me, this was clearly not the issue, but he thinks I'm crazy for getting upset about it and keeps saying it was meant as a compliment. Just a, I want a picture of you because I think you're sexy, quote unquote, thing. This turned into a huge argument and it still kind of pisses me off when I think about it and he still thinks it's dumb and he didn't and that he didn't say anything wrong. So be however harsh you want. Am I overreacting? Am I reading into it too much? Desperately need to know if I'm wrong or not. So who better to ask than two people who have never been wrong ever? Love the podcast. You are like so beyond not wrong. I would be so upset if some dude asked me to recreate, using the words recreate, a photo of his ex. No, this man would be six feet under the ground. This man would be fed to the pigs, not the cops. Because... I meant like legitimate pigs because I would, I would murder. Like you're a stronger person than I am. Oh my fucking God. Like this is not a Rembrandt. You're not recreating a fucking, a Visco cam edited, Tezza filters, Megan Rink's presets of a little hot picture. Like you're kidding me. You're kidding me. And the fact that he's like so steadfast that he's not wrong at all and you're crazy. I hate to say it. But that's a red flag to me. Like the fact that like, because I personally think that there is a level of 
respect and assumed territorialness and jealousy that people should go into when talking about an ex. Like, I, I think that you should be aware of how you speak about someone you used to be with to the person you're currently with until you're sure and you're, of how comfortable they are. But then also knowing that you might misread the situation and say something and be like, oh shit, my bad. Like you have to know that you are not an unbiased third party when you are speaking about your ex to your current partner. And if you say something that makes your ex... That makes your current partner upset. You have that. You ran the fucking risk of it by talking about it. I'm not saying don't talk about your exes, but like you have to know. Like there is a level built in there that you cannot truly think that you did nothing wrong with that. I'm curious how you talk about partners the other, like the rest of the time that he felt even comfortable bringing it up. This is different, though. Like, if an ex was like, I wish you would make, like, this cake like my ex used to make. This is something that is sexual that he's thinking about. I don't think that's good either, though. It's different, though. Like, when you're eating, like, a cake, it's not, you're not necessarily thinking about the attractiveness of your partner visualizing what your old partner looked like and then wanting your current partner to essentially copy that thing. I think they're both bad, but I'm just saying that this is like doing something that is so, that it's so like sexual, like, and then saying you can't expect me not to be attracted to my ex who I haven't even spoken to in eight years. So that means like, I'm still thinking about it or I'm still looking at their Instagram and then wanting my current partner to Like, that's weird. Like, it's just, it's weird. No, I I truly think any form of comparison between, like, your current partner and your ex, if you're going to bring that up to your current partner, like, more than, like, 70% chance that, like, that's going to be upsetting to them. So, like, baseline, regardless of what it's about. But then you have this. So, like, there's already a weird dynamic between an ex and a current partner. And, like, I'm not against talking about your exes at all but even when it's like innocuous it's not a big deal your partner could be jealous and be not comfortable with that that's totally fine so how did he get to this point like how Mm -hmm. did he get to the point where he thinks talking about her like this and talking to you like this is completely warranted and he did nothing wrong like i am so curious how have you have both spoken about exes before in the past like this to me I don't even know how (laughs) like to be comfortable saying this how like how do you and then get mad when you're 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 called out for it and then double down on it yeah I'm so confused and the fact that like you're wondering if you're overreacting and it still kind of pisses you off and like he's trying to he like tried to turn it into a compliment but like I'm curious how long you've been dating. I'm curious, like, how you speak about exes prior to that. Like, this to me gives, like, a male on the receiving end of the gone girl, cool girl monologue where Mm -hmm. he had an idea of what women are like, of like, oh, they're so hyper jealous and high strung and all of that stuff. 
and he like mentioned his girlfriend a couple times and you were like, oh, I'm really happy that you had someone who got you through a hard time. Like she sounds great. He heard that and then suddenly was like, oh, can you dress like and that he could get like that this is the level of what it's supposed to be like oh she's a cool girl like blah, blah, blah. that's so this is what she's be down for and like don't mm-hmm. be cra- like you're being crazy no this is like you're so not wrong he's so wrong and i can't believe that he is here with us today it's like i got off to this picture and i still get off to it cuz i'm still thinking about it but like it feels weird so can you just like do the um, new version of it so it feels okay? Also, can we talk about, so this photo is eight years old. What's the fucking what quality on this like? Does he still have this photo? Do you think he still has it? I think he still has it. Like, I don't even know without probing and asking Mots and being like reassuring that he would even feel comfortable telling me about like, a, like a costume from someone wearing a movie like something that, that to dress up as because he like wouldn't you know like it's just there's a level of like I don't want to look at <laughs> women as you are there to fulfill my sexual fantasies if, and that's exactly what other women do so like you are interchangeable with other women in how I I see fit and what's the most attractive to me like even like again like fictional characters movies like all of that shit and he's willing to do that with an ex mm-hmm. some free unsolicited advice abandon ship let him jack off to a picture that's eight years old all right number two hi megan and melissa i 25 am graduating from college this spring and the majority of my family is coming into town for it both my grandparents passed within the last year and we are having their headstone unveiling ceremony a few days before my graduation since everyone will be traveling to the area already. My sister, Robin, has been dating her boyfriend, Ted, for three months, and they're very attached. He's already trying to move in since he lives two hours away from her. Robin had told Ted about my graduation and this intimate family event, and he assumed he was invited. Robin thinks that Ted should automatically be invited and doesn't get why why he doesn't. No one in my family, including myself, has met Ted, except for our mom, who met him briefly very recently. I don't think it's appropriate for Ted to be introduced to the family for the first time at an event like the unveiling, nor my graduation, which is a time to celebrate my accomplishment. Knowing my family, if he comes, the focus will be on their relationship and everyone trying to get to know Ted. I've discussed the topic of Ted coming to these events with other members of my family who agree that he should not be included. My mom, on the other hand, said that I'm being a bitch for saying I don't want him to come and that he's part of Robin's life, so I should just get used to it. I usually don't love being the center of attention, but I think I should be allowed to have this one thing and decide who I get to celebrate it with. Am I wrong for not wanting Ted to come? Love you both and the pot. I think when you're having any type of event, especially if it's your own event, then there should be an invitation list. And if a plus one is not included on the invitation, then there is no plus one. You get to have a say in who you want at your graduation, who you want at your party. And then two, the family gets a say in who they want at this unveiling and If the majority do not want him there, then he should not be there. I don't think you're wrong. 
Yeah, I don't think you're wrong either. I mean, I have to say, when you are the grad, the graduate, like you truly hold so much goddamn fucking power. Like you've got those tickets. You're the one in contact with your university. Like you have that power. Some universities, if they're big enough, depending on where they're holding it, anybody can just come to the graduation. Like at my graduation, you didn't have to have a ticket. Oh, well, if you have tickets, then it's like truly no matter what anyone else says, like you don't give them a ticket. Like it is what it is. I will say there's only so much we can do to like craft and preserve these like big life moments with like the quote unquote right people. Because even everyone who you think is the right person, like you might have zero relationship with them in a couple of years. So it's about like enjoying the actual day of it. And there's also the aspect of like, okay, well, you weighing the pros and cons of like, is my sister going to be more insufferable if he's not there than having him be there? But I think for something that you call the shots, not at all. And I agree with Melissa. Like if not everybody wants him there, it should be a family vote. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, I don't advocate ever for talking about these things in front of a person, but anyone of sound mind, body, and someone who is a green flag, the second that they pick up on the fact that they're unwanted at a close, intimate family event, that they are, they're going to want to run the opposite direction. But if someone's like, no, I'm going to sink my teeth and no one wants me here, but I want to be here. That's a big ass fucking red flag. Who wants to go to this voluntarily when this is not your family? I also can't even fucking imagine going to like a graduation. <laughs> like, I don't even want to do that of someone I'm not close to. Like, but they've been dating for three months, like three months. And he already wants to move in. Like this dude just seems like a lot. I was going to say, it seems like a giant walking red flag. And that doesn't mean that like him not being there means that like the entire both things are going to go flawlessly and means that like you're going to look back on both of these days with zero regrets about who was there standing there with you. And even if he ends up going to any of those things, you're not going to care. You're probably not even going to remember all of that shit. But like, I remember him at my graduation. That's what I mean, though. But I'm like, he's he has he doesn't have the ability to ruin it because like he's just literally there. But if he doesn't have to be there, then he shouldn't be there. But he can ruin it because then everybody's going to be focused on the new guy. That's what the writer is worried about, is that everybody's going to be focused on him instead of being focused on her graduation because they're going to be asking about the new guy. Yeah, I guess I'm just a fucking cunt. So I would just be like, oh, yeah. This is Ted. Ted wants to move in with Robin two months in, and he also wants to go to the headstone unveiling ceremony for someone he's been dating for two months. Ted is a walking red flag, but I'm also a bitch, and I can understand why someone wouldn't want to spend their graduation well, doing that. Her mom already called her a bitch, so really dig into it. Yeah. Just be like, thank you for giving me my character, <laughs> my role, and just really go method with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I could understand if Robin was like, you know, I just really need him there to support me. But no, he just assumed that he was invited. She didn't ask for him to come. But, you know, Ted Mosby was a wet blanket. So do you think that's why she the picked name the name? Wells. Yes. Yeah. 
not obviously it's the relationship of the characters, but like because he sucks. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Eminem. I, 25, she, her, Italian, have been hired alongside alongside 14 other engineers. Congratulations. My age by a company that is also paying for all of us to attend a 100% in English postmaster program at a prestigious university once per week. One of us, Vivek, is an Indian and still learning Italian. One of the professors, Professor Cherry, is abysmal. Can't speak English, can't slash doesn't want to teach, and worst of all, has made discriminatory comments towards Vivek. Since you're here, you have to speak in English, but I'm not the one who should be learning English. You came to Italy, so you should be learning Italian. Once she spoke in Italian so much that Vivek got frustrated and left. She said, we lost a foreigner, so now I can speak Italian, finally. Vivek heard and was upset by it, as he felt he didn't belong. A colleague, Marco, and I went to send an official complaint to the head professor because her behavior is unacceptable. I checked with Vivek and he is okay with it and are asking the others if they want to send in a group complaint. Some people think it's fair towards Cherry and maybe we should talk to her in person to quote unquote make her understand or talk to the head professor in person to avoid being too loud about it. Am I wrong to think that we should be loud and that we shouldn't talk to her in person? Would Marco and I be wrong if we send the complaint just us two as we could be quote unquote indirectly involving the others? Am I wrong for not understanding why anyone would be against the statement saying, I don't like discriminatory behavior? Be as harsh as you need. I might just be stuck in my own perspective. Love you and the pods. You're not wrong at all. At all. And you should be loud and you should be loud with a paper trail. There's just the idea of other people not wanting you to make noise about something like that and giving the perpetrator of the bigotry the benefit of the doubt just continues to enable this behavior and to me like shows me that I'm like oh you don't want to ruffle quote-unquote ruffle any feathers and to you calling out obviously fucked up racism like is Mm -hmm. not it is like what you would consider feathers being ruffled and in reality (laughs) there is not a single person who would not have a loud and angry reaction to discriminatory discriminatory behavior towards at least one group. And like the idea that they're like, "Mm, no, but here's the thing. You could change it to whatever thing that is a personal cause or culture that they would feel offended by and they would have no qualms or no issues with you and them being loud about how incorrect this is and the only time people want you to be kind of quiet about it is not because they take that as their mo for any for everything it's because it's being complacent in racism because they think that they're not a part of it and it doesn't affect them when in reality it's either affecting you or you are part of the harm causing to other people so yeah if you're uh, indirectly involving others, that's on them. That's them being, like Megan said, being complacent. If they're not speaking up, that's not your problem. That's their problem. And you and Marco going and talking to or sending a letter, like, I think that's the right thing to do because you're putting it in writing. You're letting know that you don't stand for this and you're standing up for your workmate, which is the right thing to do. You're right. You're right. You're doing the the good thing. Yeah. Agree. You're not wrong. And the final one. 
Am I wrong for asking my boyfriend not to go out with our friends without me? Hello, Megan and Melissa. I am a 24 female and my boyfriend is a 24 male. My boyfriend is soon to be home from his first appointment and it turns out he is getting back the day I leave for my annual birthday trip to go celebrate with my family. It's a three-day trip. As a response to me saying that he couldn't go out with our friends without me, he said that's selfish of me. I responded to that's not how I wanted to word it, but it was more of a if he could wait for me to get back home from seeing my family to go on his big outing so I can be there to share his joy. And if he gets too drunk, I would be there to look out after him. A little background. Over the course of his deployment, our so-called friends said that they would look out for me while he was gone. As I'm the most away from everyone, 35-minute drive, and my family is on the other side of the state, and I live alone while most of them still live with family, and so does my boyfriend. My reasoning is that this is because they're has been many times that I have been excluded and forgotten about when the group makes plans. And I always tend to find out afterwards or see it on social media. I have ranted and let him know of the instances and how they make me feel. So am I wrong and perhaps being selfish about asking this of him? I personally think that you're wrong because he's been gone all this time and you're I know you're celebrating your birthday, but why does it have to be on the day that he's coming back? I know your family's on the other side of the state, but like you couldn't do this another weekend, not the week. Like he's coming back from something major and you just want him to sit at home and not see anyone. I think that's very selfish. And if they like haven't looked out for you the way that they said that they would look out for you, then was that including like, we're going to invite you out to go places when we do things? Or was it just like, if something comes up, then we'll help her out because people might have a different definition. They may not think of you as like a friend that they hang out with all the time. When people are going to get drinks, it might be like, I'm going to check in to make sure she's doing okay type of thing. But I do think that you're being selfish. Yeah, I I do too. And I think that like it, you're trying to orchestrate this event to prevent you from the feeling that you've been feeling that they've already done. Like w- making him wait to hang out with you with them isn't going to change the fact that you feel slighted and let down by their behavior before and it's not going to smooth things over if you're upset about it still. And now it's just like, as opposed to feeling like you have no control in this social part of your life, the response is like, then you controlling someone else's social life. Like that's not the response to that feeling and it's not going to change it or make it any better. And yeah, I agree with Melissa. Like a lot of people have different, like, expectations and definitions when saying that you know they're they're supposed to look out for you but like looking out and hanging out are two different things yeah that's how I like I if I was a friend I would have probably disappointed you too because my expectation for that is like will you look out for her it would be like I'm probably gonna text like check in every once in a while if I'm like in the neighborhood I can say like 
hey, like I'm like around. Let me know if you need something. Like, I don't know if I had like a skill set of like, I can do this thing for you if you need. Like if you, I've got a big tr- like car, like so- something. Like it would have been like favors. Exactly. Like I would have operated much differently if someone had told me like, hey, I'm getting deployed for X amount of time. It's going to be really hard for her if you could like, you know, reach out and like spend some time with her. Like I'm sure she would like really appreciate that. Then I would do that. But it's not the same expectation of the fra- with that phrasing. Mm-hmm. But the response to feeling excluded from social events is not to control the s- social events, which sucks. Mm-hmm. I wish it was that that easy to change that feeling, but it doesn't change like that. So I do think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to take another break. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? 
Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. back with our final segment which is but are they wrong aka vote of the week wrong of the week rachel of the week where we nominate one of the worst or the worst of the week the weeks what we have been seeing it can be anything from influencers celebrities pop culture politics anything under the sun no one is safe from our of the cone of shame the podcast of shame the virtual tomatoes being thrown at you. Mm -hmm. So I want to give a massive, massive disclaimer for mine for transphobia. And I do want to like, I don't even know if like saying an apology is like, right. Melissa and I've talked about this like off camera. There's like a specific thing that I'll get into. The brutal murder of Brianna Gay is something that I've wanted to talk about on this, but I don't like my emotional reaction to it. And like, I can't get through talking about it without getting emotional. And it's not my, it's not my community to center my own feelings and my own tears in. And by the nature of a podcast, we're centering our voices. And for something that I can't emotionally speak about in a way that I don't think makes it even more about me is not productive. But I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this. And I, a lot of people I've talked to have never heard about it. And I am like really mad. And I think that in the last couple of weeks, the TERFs have gotten so many goddamn fucking headlines. And this came off the back of that. And I don't think that there's enough talked about that as a catalyst for a fuck ton more of transphobia. Like the response of a a horrific story of a teen. And I would advise anyone before, just know that before reading an article, I'm not going to get into the details of Brianna's. It's, It's really, 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 really graphic and really horrible. So please know if you're going to read it or look into it, what that kind of content is. But the fact that she was a trans teenager who was beaten to death, murdered by classmates who were like 16 years old. And that has incited the TERFs to come out louder than fucking before off the backs of a teenager's brutal murder to be as justification of being even more transphobic. So I just want to say, because there's a mention of Brianna in this article and what I'm going to be talking about. And I just think it's important to know her story and know what that 
means. So I would like to nominate Ruby Sampson. I'm just going to give you the headline that this is from. The Daily Mail, (laughs) of course. How a friendly chat in the ladies of a London pub turned menacing and plunged a Tory chancellor, 22, into the clash between trans, trans rights and women's safety. So... So she wrote this entire article, which is essentially like a goddamn fucking like letter confession sort of thing that starts with these days. I don't feel safe going to the ladies loo alone. And she basically fucking details this story that is like (laughs) so clear that I'm like, okay, someone took a fiction class. Someone is really enjoying the the adjectives, the flowery language. We're really painting a scene here. That's a statement I never thought I'd make. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? I'm neither shy nor fearful. But after my experience at a Westminster pub earlier this month, that's how I feel. Basically, she goes into talking about how it's a Wednesday night. She was attending event upstairs. And before heading home, she goes to the women's restroom. It's got two different cubicles. And that she emerged at the same time as a woman who, at about, quote unquote, six feet tall, towered over me. She wore a skimpy top, which made her shoulder seem bigger. And as she spoke with a strikingly deep voice, a trans woman, The lavatory is cramped and I had to stand directly behind her while waiting to use the wash basin. She goes into this about like, I'm totally shocked, but like, what's it going to be like? Okay, you know, well, we had quite a nice chat. Not exactly girly, but but friendly. What would she be like? There's a sense of novelty. I think it's going well. I'm handling the situation fine. I didn't treat her any differently. Why would I? And it goes into this part. It was as she moved to the door to leave that it happened. I remarked that we had no choice but to awkwardly shake our hands dry. And she turned to me and replied, I'm going to wipe my hands on my penis. With that, she disappeared. So then what? rounds it out by basically being like, oh my God, we were in such close proximity. Like, what if she turned violent? Like, it would be minutes. It would be so long before my friends realized I was missing. Like, I was in danger. Like, there's, this is the reason why single sex genitalia spaces are needed. Like, People are infiltrating our restrooms and like, I could have been killed. The typical turf. I, I feel it's important to state that I support trans rights people to live an authentic lifestyle, quote unquote, life, come on, lifestyle. Okay, we get it, transphobe. And agree that people with gender dysphoria should be able to change their gender at 18. But single, but single sex spaces are paramount to women's safety. Goes into a whole fucking transphobic bullshit. Who the hell would say they'd wipe their hand on their penis? That's the exact fucking point that everybody's goddamn making. And then also on top of that, nothing happened. So everything you said is invalid. Get ready. Then a tweet comes out. The account is Sophie from Mars. And they tweeted the article and said, okay, so kind of weird story, but I'm not kidding about this. And I'm kind of embarrassed. I went to the Brianna Gay vigil outside the Department for Education the other day, Wednesday. So the vigil... For her death was the day that this story is taking place. And then we, about eight friends and I, went to a pub that we haven't been to before in the Westminster area. Super Tory, weird anti-Semitic conversation going on between some dudes outside. At one point, I went to the bathroom upstairs and the ladies' room was absolutely tiny and just generally a bit shit. The stall I went in and into had no loo roll. So when I stepped out, I had to say to the cis woman who was coming out of the other stall that I needed to go in there for that. Because I had to talk to her in order to explain that, we kind of made awkward small talk about the bathroom in general as we both washed our hands. And then she said something like, we'll have to shake. I paused for a second to understand she meant dry our hands. And then I said, oh, I'll just wipe them on my jeans. So I can't 100% confirm that I'm the terrifying trans from this article. I've looked at the pictures. It's the same pub. I can't be sure about the lady. Cis women look the same to me. 
But I was there on a Wednesday night and said to a cis woman that I'd wiped my hands on my jeans. Just taking some time to process that I've been possibly anonymously sexually harassed in a national newspaper because this Tory dumbass couldn't think about anything else when she saw a trans woman besides dick. Pretty weird. The details that match the article... The Marquis of Granby Pub, the upstairs event, Wednesday night, shit bathroom, no loo roll, awkward small talk, broad-shouldered, giga-chad, transgender. Also, whether or not it was me, but I'm increasingly sure that it was, she used her weird made-up story to write a letter asking for more transphobia. Normal. Exceptionally normal. Legitimately? What the fuck? Like, Mm -hmm. the idea? Who in their mind says, I'm going to just dry my hands on my super absorbent sham wow of a penis? Do you not understand? That's the exact same thing as saying, it's fine, I'll just dry my hands on my vagina. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, if I was talking to someone who was wearing a shirt that said, I have a penis, and then they said, oh, I'm just gonna dry my hands on my penis. Even then, I would be like, oh, I probably misheard them and they said jeans. Like, it's just not a sentence. It's not an exclamation. It's not something that anybody has ever said. There's a reason why J.K. Rowling is a turf. Fiction writers, like you jumping through fucking hoops, painting fucking different goddamn realities in which, oh, you will never believe we are so targeted. This is a cis woman. Like we're under attack. I'm like, where? Fake stories to harm real people. Mm-hmm. As a cis woman, I can fully, fully agree with the fact that women are targeted. Men hate femininity. Men fucking hate it. If anything, you can't look at how fucking vulnerable and after the fucking J.K. Rowling shit and her New York Times goddamn bullshit, which again happened after Brianna died. Brianna died in the UK kid. After that, we're still going to just keep writing We have one of the most highly publicized deaths of a young trans girl that is getting written about far more than most other people. And still, you're going to take that as a response to let's let's make more hate inducing violence inciting articles to Mm -hmm. cause more harm and death of innocent young lives. Yeah, that's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And I just want to make sure everybody knows the voting for this one. I'm probably not going to give you an opportunity because I don't think that there's any room for you to say that bullshit. And I don't want our platform to make you think that that is a viable option or argument or belief system to hold. Like, it's not. And the last thing I will leave it on is a tweet from India Willoughby. On Twitter, they said there are zero trans rapists in women's prisons in the UK. There never have been. Yet tomorrow you're going to read blanket press coverage of all trans people losing a basic human right to stop trans rapists in women's prisons. Cruel, dishonest, hysteria. Fuck the Tories. And that's been another huge thing that J.K. Rowling has been advocating for. It's these false and not real situations that don't exist um, that making it more dangerous for trans people like it's just it's fucked and it makes me mad yeah yeah mine is a true rachel of the week raquel evita saraswati is a 30 year old 39 year old woman who was named the woman of the year served on the mayor's commission of lgbt 
Affairs until last week. She worked as the Senior Inclusion Officer of the American Friends Service Committee, a Quaker-founded social group. Raquel is also a former Fox pundit who claimed Arab, South Asian, Latin descent, and was outed by her own mother who said, she is white as driven snow. You found another George Soros? I call her Rachel. I don't know what she's doing. So um, this white woman's real name is Rachel Elizabeth Saraswati. Uh, the AFSC, where she works, said that there's no requirement for employee to prove their race or ethnicity. While confirming Rachel's departure and describing her separation from the organization as a deeply personal issue. The organization also stressed that its commitment to working globally with people from all faiths, ethnicities, races, and backgrounds for lasting peace with justice. HR professional Oscar Henry Castro, who participated in AFFC's hiring committee for Rachel, said that Rachel had represented herself as multi-ethnic and as a queer person of color who happens to be a Muslim in the in hiring interviews. And this is all in quotes. These are things that she said herself. Family members said that she is British, German, and Italian and started to shape her new identity after going to boarding school. It's the widest sentence I've literally ever heard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she had a public profile as a Muslim woman, often wearing a hijab and frequently making media appearances to discuss Islam. In 2007, Rachel appeared on CNN with conservative com commenter Glenn Beck and also appeared on Fox News and uh, Newsmax which is far right in case you don't know. In 2013, she also appeared in a film called The Clarion Project, an organization the Southern Poverty Law Center said specialized in rabidly anti-Muslim films. And she worked with the American Islam Forum for Democracy, another group that has been accused of promoting Islamophobia. Rachel has received a number of awards for her activism in recent years, including liaison for the marginalized award, according to her own LinkedIn. She also worked as a consultant on diversity and inclusion issues, a field that has grown exponentially in recent years in response to national debate on racial justice issues that follow a number of high profile police killings of black people. And so a leader of AFSC says that DEI is becoming a multi-billion dollar industry, corporation, companies, and nonprofits. The data shows that a tiny percentage of the directors are Black. And now you have white people in brown face getting into DEI positions with its salaries, resources, and power. And then documentarian Layla Al-Aryan said, this is not about proving one's heritage, but about lying, misrepresentation, and taking opportunities from actual women of color. She also called this Rachel, the Rachel Dolezal of the Muslim community. How many years was this spanned over? If she's 39 years old and started doing this when she was in boarding school. But then as far as back as 2007, she was on CNN as a Arab, South Asian, and Latin. So, because to me, I hear in this, I go, 
what did you do to piss your mom off that made her tell people? Because like your parents, like they knew and they were just coasting along with it. Like, yeah, this is like your family knows. She, unlike Rachel Dolezal, who still claims to be black and is still doing hair, black people's hair, wherever the hell she is. This woman has deleted all her social media presence where Rachel Dolezal is like, no, this is who I am. So this is different because she knows it's not who she is. Like, that's a long goddamn time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was still in college when she was on CNN. Taken down by her mom. Because she's white as driven snow. I'm shocked how long it ta- took for Hillary Baldwin shit to come out. Like, where are your classmates? Like, where are people, like, from your childhood who are like, you're not, like, how did you go about this for so fucking long? I think about that, too. But then I think about, like, if I haven't talked to my classmates in years and I see somebody that just kind of looks like them and they're going by a different name, I'm like, that could be them. That could not be Were they going by a different last name, too? I mean, when they they weren't in the limelight until they married. What's his name? So nobody knew until... Okay, that makes more Somebody sense. Somebody figured right. it out. No, that makes more sense. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, marriage, you, you know, but if they weren't publicly mm-hmm. facing until they had their married name, then yeah, you're right. I probably would be yeah. like, this kind of looks like this person, but not so much. Mm-hmm. And they've got a new accent. They've got their, they have a different name. Huh. But it did like eventually like one classmate started looking up and that's how it became public they found her i think she was also at boarding school <laughs> what's happening at these boarding schools dude a lot rachel dole is all she spray tan did she mm-hmm. she still does was, like yeah, rachel dole is all has not no she's not <laughs> she's not let she's not eased it out of it at all this is the she's a lifer but i was gonna say yeah. that both of them for fake tanning which I'm like why you can be truly any shade and still be Mm -hmm. a part of any community that you are claiming in all of this but the choice to do that which also simultaneously between how Rachel Dolezal does her hair and the other Rachel Raquel uh, covering her hair you don't see that white ass part Mm-hmm. That's the. They look very similar. No, Melissa, they look like, like they might be related. They could be sisters, yeah. Without a doubt. Don't you think it might be, if this is what you truly believe in, in equality, it might be good to be a person that's white and an ally? No, because as a white woman, I have to tell you, the number one goal is victimhood. And. Yeah the being the number being the most oppressed and because in that mindset it's oppression equals attention and i want attention and so therefore joining in a religion that has been persecuted constantly and still to this day and is dangerous to be publicly and visibly muslim as is with other religions is like judaism and things like that but 
that in itself, she still has the shield and the protection of being a white woman covering her hair. And she's like, no, no, I need, I need more attention. So I need to make myself a minority, multiple minorities too. She didn't just pick one. <laughs> no. Anyway, well, this dumb bitch. The fact that that's killing me, it's like through all of this, the Quakers are also involved. <laughs> like It's just like, oh my gosh. Leave yeah. some groups alone. <laughs> no, it was just... No group untouched. Truly collecting like infinity stones. Yeah. She said, you want me to be in DEI? I'm going to be inclusive to all. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. You find some great shit, I gotta say. Thank you. Well, that is our episode. We hope you enjoyed. If you would like to leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, please do. We always appreciate them. And if you have a topic you would like us to cover for our Rachel of the Week, or you personally have a hot take, you came across another hot take, and you're wondering, do we share said hot take? Should we lie and pretend like Melissa's done in the past? What are you talking about? nothing 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 you can tag us on our individual tiktoks our <laughs> twitters our instagram all of those things to let us know send us a dm slide in there and we will do our best to accommodate again like most said at the top of the episode you get to vote on who you think was the hero or the villain in each segment that will be up on our instagram i always add them to the highlights except for uh, this week i definitely forgot but check there you have 24 hours to vote they're usually up Friday, but they will be up before Monday or on Monday. So really, you just have to turn on your notifications so you know when we start posting them. Okay. All <laughs> right. Goodbye. <laughs> but Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.